The Seven Rock Life Show is about stories that inspire with people that you will admire. Those that choose to live a life that is victorious, contributing to society and having fun along the journey. Learning to develop new chapters in life, learning from the past, but letting the old stories expire so it gives room for the new stories that you create. I'm your host, Stephen Mazurko. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of the Seven Rock Life journey of changing lives. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to Seven Rock Life Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Mazurko, and we're here on an amazing day. I have such a good friend of mine, Mr. Brian Lewis here, all the way from California, and it's always a pleasure having him. He's an entrepreneur. He's got a uh, a company, uh, Finch Activewear, that is launched out in the world, and today uh, was actually launch day on Earth Day, and he's done so many great things. He's built companies to millions of dollars, and he has an amazing story that he's going to share today. And uh, so, Ryan, say hello to the world, man. Hey, guys. Steve, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Uh, he was just saying to me before, it's a little weird looking, and because I'm interviewing him right now to an extent, <laughs> and I was, you know, one of his great friends. I think, am I one of your best friends? I would say, yeah. Well, like, if we had MySpace, would we be top five, you think, or top? Oh, wow. You're bringing it back. Yeah, man. Remember you'd, that? You'd be five, yeah. I'd be five? You'd oh, be five. Such yeah. an honor. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, guys, you're going to hear for the next, you know, hour or so, some amazing just stories and just ups and downs and struggles of entrepreneurship. And, you know, as a friend, we we have so many stories to share as well, funny stories and different things. But really, you're going to get so many great things out of this podcast of understanding entrepreneurship, understanding uh, growing up, understanding creating brands and creating an, an identity in today's world where many people are lost in their identity. And I'm just so honored to have you here, buddy. Uh, I know you're a friend, but I look up to you so much. You've been there through some of my uh, best times and through my darkest times. And that's what a great friend is. They don't abandon. They, they're there for you no matter what. And you've always been that way. And I love your, your family, your brother, your mom, and just everything that you guys are about, you know, the Lewis family. And, uh, and I appreciate you being here, my man. I appreciate it, buddy. So Seven Rock Life is excited to get to know you. So It's exciting so, to see what you've done so far. Ah, It's just the beginning, man. It's yeah, all man. about living to inspire. There you go. And I know that's what your, uh, your company's about. So... So kind of give a little, um, uh, let people in the world uh, open your mail and see who Brian Lewis is and start from the beginning of just growing up and because it's really amazing. Yeah, kind of a funny story. Um, where to start? Um, let's see. Born in New York, way out east, Long Island, small little town, uh, not, no one heard of, called Baiting Hollow. Grew up there, single mom. Um, pretty much, yeah, so my whole life it's been my mom, myself, and my younger brother, Um really just grew up with no money. I mean, my mother was working hard, very tough upbringing, um, pretty much just poor. And I mean, we can get the details, you know, throughout the podcast, but I think uh, I've always had that hustle to want more because I've always seen how hard my mom worked for things. Mm. So I think, you know, we'll jump into a pretty deep conversation real quick, but, uh, you know, I had a job since I was 13 years old. Wow. You know, I had to pay for everything. Because you had to. You had to. There's no, no getting around it. You know, I never had a home really. We were living with my grandma, I would live with my aunt, I was shipped here, I was shipped there. And, um, you know, I think that's kind of where it started, the roots of it. Um, I think this, the better story of it all is, I mean, I'm a full entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. I just every day eat, sleep and breathe it. I enjoy it. That risk taking, that not knowing that, that, oh my, that, that, that there's something magical about 
not knowing what tomorrow brings. And I think just growing up with the amount of risk that we took as a family bled into me throughout the years to come. Yeah. Would you, because your mom's been such a big inspiration, you know, in your life and I see her work ethic and then I look at yours growing up. What do you remember uh, that the things you took away that were good and the things that maybe weren't so good, we'll get into that in a little bit, but what'd you take away from your mom growing up? I think the number one thing is positivity. I think First of all, they're very abusive physically. Um, mm-hmm. Seeing how she overcame that with positivity and, and put me through school and showed up for the family events and never let me see her hurt, if that's the right way of saying it. She always had a smile on her face, even though things were tough. We had negative money in the bank account. And just seeing that positivity taught me mental strength early in life. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my mom having young, she had me like 20, 21 years old. And uh, I'm 29 now. She's 51. Sorry, mom. And um, but she's, it, she, honestly, it's that positivity. It's she looks that. 21 and she she <laughs> has such an amazing just feng shui about her attitude, you know, just lively. And yeah, that's yeah. what I love about yeah, her. And I wish she was here. But she's, uh, yeah, she'd love to be sitting right next to us be like, hey, rip me apart. Yeah. But uh, all good, yeah. Yeah. So. so, so you know, 13 years old, you're working, right? That's, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, and, I knew how to be 13. So I'll never forget it. 12 years old, um, my mom has just met my new stepfather at the time and he moves in hard ass and uh they were like oh you gotta get a job because i wanted things i wanted to go buy uh, like video games remember nintendo and they were 20 bucks and 64 yeah like you gotta go work 13 years old i get a job and they're like oh my i'm like how am i gonna get to the job they're like we well, have a bike right so i had to ride my bike to work and this job is splish splash oh my gosh yeah yeah. yeah 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 i had to wear a flowered shirt every day at a theme park and i had to check people's bags for food Dude, I love that park. Oh, it's the worst. Remember but Shotgun Falls? Shotgun Falls. Ben Venuto says, yeah. Shotgun Falls. Your experience of 20-foot drops uh, for strong swimmers only. Five, I think it was $5.75 per hour I was making. Wow. Right, yeah, exactly. And they gave me a raise of $6.19. And I was like, all right, I'm, no ma- way. I'm making money. Oh, my God. But the funniest part where I kind of knew I had this little something in me, you only realize it now when you look back at it. But you remember the big squirts? Mm-hmm. You know, these squirt guns. So I was not making enough money there, period. So what we would do is typically... Um, they would cost like $6. So there was a certain part of the park that I would be selling these at, and I would actually sell them for $8, $9. And people were like, why is there so much more money over here? Now, mind you, I'm 13, 14 years old. And I'm like, what's well, the convenience? You don't want to walk back to the front of the park. That's why they're more expensive here. Realistic, I gave the park the $6, and I kept the rest as three, four dollars profit and called it a day. Wow. Yeah, but that's kind of where it started, Swish Splash. But it's, that's such a huge thing of developing that work ethic because – it becomes part of your DNA, becomes who you are. But seeing your mom also go through that adversity um, definitely probably motivated you to say, man, I got to step up. Yeah. It's tough to revisit. I mean, you kind of numb those days out. So you ask that. I mean, there's a lot of gray areas and not touching. Mm-hmm. But you, you train your mind to forget those days. Yeah. You know? And would you say, because we just talked about this in the car when we were getting coffee before, and I was saying how you need to be connected to that kite of life, your lows and highs, but not live in those lows. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it's important to to remember them but not live in them because it just kind of puts you back to reality in case you get too high and you forget your your lows of life in a way? I think I use it. It's gas, right? You know, you got to fill your car up. So it's gasoline. When you're at a time in your life where you're like, shit, this is raw. This is bad. You fill your tank back up with those memories and that pushes you forward. Yep. You know, it's like, you know, thank God we're all healthy and, you know, pushing forward. But yeah, I think as, as, as fuel. Yeah, and it motivates me because a lot of people out there they, if you're always tired or you kind of lack fuel in life, right? Yeah, it's usually because you you lack that purpose or you lack what 
trying to be that rock for the family, yeah. try to be that dreamer. Yeah. And I'm, I know for you, that's like, you know, they mean the world to you, your brother, your mom, yep. your family, especially yep. with uh, the holidays and Easter just passing. Yep, yep, yep. You want to be that light, that flicker. Yeah, for sure. Were you always like that? You know, yeah. Um, young age. I've always had that something about me. Thank God I was born with it. It was, I was always able to walk into a room and just kind of not command attention, but to understand what the room's going through. And yeah. I've always, that's just, I was born with it. I can't, that intuition, mm-hmm. that gut feeling on things, you just can't get away with that. Yeah. Do you remember any funny things growing up of just things that you, your brother or pranks or stuff that oh, you guys dude, did? Dude, I was a bad kid, man. It was... Yeah, you were, you were a tough guy. I was a bad kid. Not a tough guy. I was just, I always tested. I always pushed. Like, great example. I just had a story yesterday. I was at my family's house. We had the, we had the great idea at 15 years old to set up uh, a golf ball and a tee in the front yard and start driving golf balls in people's houses. Oh my gosh! Right, so that wasn't a good thing, right? It's always that it's always that risk. It's like that next level shit. Um, you know, I've been arrested for stealing pumpkins. That's always the best story. Um, you know, we've always had these these crazy times, but uh, I don't ever think I've ever thought of the outcome of things. I, I that's what leads to entrepreneurship, right? It's like yeah. being naive. Like you don't realize how stupid it is until you get into it. Like starting a business. If you want to start a business, that's a horrible idea. Like you have to eat shit for a long time. Yeah. But being a kid, the same thing. Hitting golf balls in people's houses. How is that a great idea? <laughs> you know, it's like you compare that. It's like being naive is just like, dude, I was an idiot. Yeah. But that that it works for me. And know? it was also who you were around. It, it's yeah. I mean, my friends are crazy, man. Yeah. You guys are watching. I miss you guys. But yeah, it's it's, yeah, been, yeah. it's crazy, man. Yeah. So now fast forward a little bit. Now your stepdad came in the picture, yep. right? And I know he's been a, a huge influence, but then also you had kind of stuff that happened later on. Yeah. But there were some things you took away through what you saw. He taught me how to sell. Yeah. Very good. Um, the one thing I always say in life is you always have to be selling, whether it's yourself in an interview, whether it's yourself at dinner, anything, getting out of a police ticket. You know, you, got, <laughs> you, know, you always got to be selling something. He taught me that at a young age, but the biggest thing he taught me is work ethic. Like, I didn't have the luxury of being a kid. I was working at 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Wow. And then I kind of took over the family business at that point. I, you know, I'm getting to that in a bit. But I never had those times in my life to be a kid. You know, yeah, we dirt bike, we had fun, we paintball. But my stepfather taught me to work your ass off and just keep working. And then I'll, I'll respect him and give him that compliment. And that's about it. Yeah. But he did teach me how to sell and work my ass off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Whether it's in family or people, you have to take that shopping cart method. Take what you like and yeah. put it in your cart, and what you don't like, keep it in the shelf. Yeah, well said. And um, I think that's what you did mm-hmm. with that relationship with you know with him. Yeah. And so now you get into like business. You, what was the first business you you kind of got into? Oh, this is a funny story. Um, CDs, music. Right. No way. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever tell you this? Some people are probably listening. Like the younger kids are like, yeah. "What's a CD? What's a CD? Yeah. <laughs> well, what does a CD stand for? <laughs> I have no idea. Compact disc. Compact disc. So um, I would burn music onto a DVD and sell it to the kids on my school bus for five, ten bucks. Wow. Because they would always like what I was listening to. And I was downloading music illegally and putting it on a CD. LimeWire. LimeWire, right? You know, and and they had, there was a cost to it. So here's a CD, right? And yeah, some five, five, ten bucks selling it out. You know, I I always kind of had that something in me, whether it's Pokemon cards, um, (laughs) you guys can relate. I mean, we can relate. Whoever's listened to this millennials. but, But why? I'm really curious what what triggered you. I'll tell you a great example. My mom always dangled the carrot in front of me, and I'll use the video game I used earlier. That that Nintendo 64 video game was always 20 bucks a week, and I always needed to make 20 bucks, so I kept doing things to get 20 bucks. Cause they never gave me money for like school or whatever. It's like 
it's like in life you need that carrot whether it's a lamborghini whether it's an n64 video game or whether it's getting married and buying a wedding ring you need that carrot to keep going and working dude okay before we go into the more that's so powerful and so true because when that some people they have nothing there they have no food that they're chasing no carrot yep right and that is what's going to drive you and that and that what you just said is so profound and so simple but so profound right that you need to know whether it's like um hey i want to spoil my family yeah i want to give back to the world yep. i want my uh game it was that twenty dollars that you knew right because somebody asked me recently, because I moved into you know my first home when I was 24, right? My dad's like, if you don't like this, get out. I was 22, 23, moved in an apartment, then moved into my first home, got my first oil bill uh, for a home at like 24 years old. It was like, nine. I say it in my book, uh, it's like, it was $890. I was mm-hmm. like, is this rent or is this oil? Right. Which one is this? Right. right. And, but I knew how much it cost living here in Long Island, especially. I knew that carrot because home, you know, when you have a home or you have a nice place, it's like you can enjoy with your family. Right. right, it's your it's your home spot or it's your business, whatever it is. So, but who taught you to get that character? Was it just something that you developed? Would you say? Oh man, seeing, yeah, seeing what we had and what others had. Tough to say. Mm-hmm. You know, I I always had a bigger eye for like, wow, I want that life. But the biggest thing between people that want it and actually get it is, I actually knew exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Like cars, I knew exactly what car I wanted, what color, where I wanted to be. You name it. I mean, you have to visualize exactly from A to Z what you want. Not just I want to be a millionaire or I want a video game. No, I want that James Bond video game. Mm. And if you don't visualize that exact thing, you're never going to have it. Yeah. And that's the difference with people that they don't. They just say, "Oh yeah, I want, I want, I want to, I want to get an Xbox or I want to." It's a bad analogy. I want to get a car. They don't know what car. They don't know how much it costs. What are the payments? Have you shot, have you test drove it? Never visualized it. And that's what I always did. Yeah. My whole life, you know, Manny Kabashian, uh, he um, he's on social media. He lives actually by you. He's got like you know crazy cars. He, he I was listening yeah, yeah, to something yeah. about him the other day, and he actually visualized and wrote down like all his goals, his house, what his wife would look like, and some people didn't believe it was true, and he showed it. I forgot where I was listening to this, and it all came true. Yep, like he literally, I mean, he executed, but he was from Iran, and he had that that drive, he had that carrot, he had that 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 it factor to like, hey, I'm gonna make this work, yeah. right? Because from from being born to 21, what was what was your hardest and darkest times? Would you say that? And but then times that you got out. Darkest times would have to be 18 to 21, when I started making money. This is when I joined the family business, started taking it over. Um, bartending business, hospitality related. I won't drop the name, but um, started working bartending, making a lot of money. And by 1920, I just kept chasing the dollar. So I got into day trading, stock trading at like 20 years old. And I'll never forget it. I was still living at home. I think it was like 1920. And um, I was just making a lot of money trading. I think I made like $10,000 in one day, upwards to 100 that whole week. Yeah, and you crushed it in the stock world. I was killing it. And then my stepfather got jealous and then kicked me out of the house. Wow. And at that point, I was like, all right, what's up with this? You know, He kicks me out of the house because I was making more money than him. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to work smarter and harder here. He never really understood that. So I get kicked out of the house. I'm about 20 years old at this point. I move out. I'm on my own. That was probably the darkest part of my life. I had to borrow money from my grandma because all that money I was trading, I was now trading to live and you think differently. Yeah. And I started losing it. And this was my demise going down. And by 21, 22 years old, I kept leveraging myself out. And by 22, I was $250,000 in debt. Wow. 
at yeah. 22 or at 22 years old. I'll never forget it. We, I leveraged a lot in the stock market, went upside down. And I'm like, what do I do now? So I went back to the family business, took it over, scaled it up, did a lot of cool things with it till 25. Um, but my darkest times were 18 to 22. I, I didn't know my identity. I was being forced to do something I didn't want to do or knew what to do. I'm thankful for it. But at the end of the day, it's um, those times are pretty dark. Yeah, and I think those dark and low times, um, you know, we always say it makes you appreciate your high, but they make you stronger. Yeah, for sure. Because then later down the road when you go through that stuff, you kind of have a callus already. Yep. And you're like, I've been, I've been through this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't phase me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I've respected about you because we'll fast forward to like in a little bit to like now another like rock and you've just, you're so resilient. And that's yeah. why I, I know everything you're doing, you're already doing great, but you're going to take it to a whole nother level because even through those times, you just stay focused. You yeah. stay on that carrot and it's like, it's a game for you and you love it. Well, if you bring it back to the golf ball, when I used, we hit golf balls in people's houses, <laughs> I don't think I've ever thought about what I'm getting into. I think I just do it and expect the most, the largest outcome ever. Um, you know, at 22 years old, I'm, I, want, I was determined to be a millionaire. Nothing was going to stop me. You know, beg, bar and steal, cut corners, and you realize you can't cut corners. I mean, there's just no yeah. way around it. Um, you know, but yeah, from, from 22 to 25, I had a really good few years. You know, we took the company to high, you know, high growth, opened a lot of locations, made a lot of money. And yeah, um, you guys were doing millions. Yeah, a doing, lot. Doing a lot. lot. And uh, about 25 years old, I mean, there's a lot of gray area there, but 25 years old, it just broke. Greed got in the way. And I'll never forget it. This is my breaking point. So me and my father were in business, very successful business. And uh, we would back and forth. And uh, he said to me, uh, by the way, I went, back, I went to college. I did the whole college grind, uh, 18 to 20-ish, 21, uh, four-year degree, local school, worked my whole way through it. But basically, uh, 25 years old, I left the family business officially. And that was it. You know, we were selling it. We were doing different things. But I left the family business and I went on to do my own thing. And I left the family business with no money in my account. I was broke still again. I just paid off everything I was in debt in the past. I remember that too. Yeah, I called you and spoke to you about it. And yeah. um, now I'm 25. I get out of my old apartment. I move in towards the city. I got no money. And now I have three employees and I have to start a business. And I'll never forget that point in time. I was actually at one point for like two weeks sleeping in my Jeep. I went out, got rid of my Mercedes, bought a Jeep because the Jeep had Wi-Fi. Hmm. And I would sit in the Jeep in New York City every morning with my Wi-Fi waiting for somebody to email me back for my sales emails. This is 26, waiting for it. I did that for three months and all of a sudden a million dollar account comes over the line. Wow. Yeah, so I was a hospitality staffing business. Uh, you remember, you remember. Yep. and um, I would just sit in the city and I would just email and I would always say I'm around the corner. And when somebody emailed back, say, oh yeah, I'm just passing by. I wasn't. I was, if somebody emailed me and they live in Nassau County, Long Island, I would drive out there even though I'm in Brooklyn and just say I'm around the corner, can I stop in? Just to get that meeting because I knew I can close. Get, I knew, get the face. Yeah. I knew that I had my confidence level there. And I, I remember, never forget, like that was insane. Like that was probably a, a wild time for me. But taping that, taking that leap of faith from leaving a $200,000 a year salary job to, or career or my company into being broke was like, whoa. Like my life went from zero to hero, but that, that or, or hero to zero, whatever you want to call it. And that zero port right there was like, geez, this is real. You know? Walk us through. You're sitting in that car yeah. with your Wi Fi. Yep. Right? Very important. Yep. And what was it like? It was, it was, um, and how did you stay? There was tears. Yeah. There was tears. Um, I had employees, I had 
three employees at the time. And they I, didn't know what... I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't tell them. They were working from home because we didn't have an office yet. Wow. So we had a couple of clients, small money, and wow. we need big money, obviously. And I'm sitting there and I'm just emailing the biggest clients in the world. I'm talking like Starbucks, Costco. These guys are mecca, you know, mecca accounts for us. While you're in your car? While I'm in my car, just sit on my laptop. And um, yeah, they, one person I got on at the right time emailed me back. And then I just took the meeting in the first hour, two hours. And I took the meeting. I sat down. I promised the world. I executed like crazy on it. And that single account ended up being a two and a half million dollar account. And that took us to the next level. Opened the office, scaled the employees up. And from 25, 26 to 27 years old, we had a very, very successful business. Yeah. I, I want to, because you, you said three things that are so, so key for you guys, if you listen to this, that he did. And this goes to really anything. Number one, he was sitting in a car and he, with his Wi-Fi and uh, he was emailing people, big corporations that most people wouldn't do. Your worthiness was still high. And that's such a big thing. A lot of people think, well, am I worthy, right? What made you feel worthy at that moment? Why did you say, hey, I don't care. This is my situation. I'm, I don't care. I'm worthy to, to email these people. When some people listen to this or just in business and life are not worthy to go talk to that guy or that girl or whatever it is. Yeah. My whole thing was Starbucks was small at one point. Costco was small at one point. These hospitalities were small at one point. How did they get big? They acted big. My whole philosophy of business wow. is perception is reality. I don't care how you cut the cake. Perception's everything, especially in the business world. Your website, your branding, your name, your logo. I knew I was good at that already. So I have a very big background in design and branding. So I knew that I had my front of my business looking amazing. So I went in there acting like we were a Fortune 500 company. It's all mindset. Yep. It's all mindset. When I walked in there, I walked in like I had a million dollars in my bank account. Mentally, I did. Yep. Did I? No way. But I walked in there. I sat at the table. I was confident. But it was coming. And I, I just, I said, I'm not leaving until we get a deal. Yep. They bought into you. They bought into the, yeah, exactly. Yep. A lot of entrepreneurs think that they have to, everything has to be perfect, right? The T's have to be crossed. I's have to be dotted. That's the difference between a good entrepreneur and a bad entrepreneur. Good entrepreneur just gets out and executes and then adjusts real time and fixes the business. And we were talking about this earlier. Yep. You know, that's the difference. So just launch as quick as you possibly can make as many mistakes in it and just say whatever you need to say, but make it happen. Yeah. And be okay with those mistakes. Right. But then you can also discover and read, listen, research things to, to limit those mistakes, but mm -hmm. they will happen. Yeah. Cause the second thing that you did, so you said you're worthy. That was number one. Mm -hmm. Number two was you always take the meeting. The other day I sat down with somebody and we spoke about this, I think a little while ago. And I said in the interview that I was doing with this gentleman, I said, because he's like, I wasn't going to be here. I was like, you know, here's one thing I learned in my life. Always take the meeting. Yep. Because the one meeting that you don't take is a meeting that you needed to take. Truth. And I, you, you said that to me a while ago. Five, six years ago. Yeah. I said to, yeah, I said to you, I said, so true, always man. Always take one meeting once. You're never better than the game. And wow, I took every, I took meetings all the time to people that were, you wouldn't think. But everybody knows somebody. You take a meeting. You never know what happens from it. So I have my philosophy, even when I'm in California now, I always meet people at least two, three times a week for coffee for 30 minutes. Whether you're an 18-year-old starting a business or an 85-year-old retired. Yep. Because you never know what can come from that. Yeah. And, it, and it's, I lived it real time. I Dude, mean, it's real. It is very it's real. And you learn from somebody everything yeah. you know, to, you know, to a certain extent. But 
You don't have to spend two, three hours, but hey, get 30 minutes. Yeah. And then the third thing you did, what you just said, is you executed. Yeah. So many people go up the bat and look and, and never swing and, and wonder why they struck out. Yeah. You need to swing and be okay with missing sometimes. And where did you get that execution from? I, I failed a lot. <laughs> I knew how to fail. Yeah. I learned in an early stage of my life how to fail and make mistakes. Yeah. Um, countless times. Being in debt at 21 years old, $250,000, like... Yeah. That's impressive. That's a mistake, you yeah. know, and then swing that to a million. I mean, you went from, from negative a quarter million to, to getting a million dollar plus I mean, account. it's unreal. Yeah. We've, I've had such big swings in my life, highs and lows and highs and lows and the yeah. highs keep getting higher and the lows keep getting lower. But as long as the highs keep getting higher, mm -hmm. I'm happy as shit, you know, it's, but the biggest thing is what execution is everybody's afraid of failure, like denial. And that's one thing I think that the bartending industry caught me, taught me was being behind the bar give me that level of confidence to learn yep. how to um, uh, understand people a bit more and see how people interact and you know yeah. how, the, how the mind works. So, but I, I really think it comes down to execution's easy if you're, if you're not afraid to fail. Amen. That's I, it. You know, I just, I got goosebumps and uh, I was thinking how, you know, we met when we were about what, 21 years old. All right. Yeah, I think I just became CEO 21. of the company at that time. Yeah, with your and you yeah, were you were yeah you were a young stud. I was living home. Yeah, you yeah. remember when I was living home? Yeah, yeah. Right now you're twenty twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yep. I'm thirty one. You're turning thirty though soon, yep. so we're you know not too don't far remind apart. Me. You're turning thirty because he makes fun of me all the time. Yep. You know, I remember last year I hurt my shoulder. Right, I dislocated and I go to California. Funny story, and we're in uh, Catalina Island and we're like taking a picture. And uh, Brian, my brother, and this pissed me off so much. They said, wow, I guess you're letting yourself go at 30. <laughs> I was, you had a muffin top. <laughs> oh, my God. I had a keg because I hurt my shoulder and, and I got – but did I say – I said uh, – no, I was 29 turning 30 yep. in October. And then I said, I'm going to have a six-pack. Yep. And came, then you that day – like a Victoria's Secret model. You did. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't wearing a thong or anything, I swear, <laughs> you know, but, but what's, what's crazy fast forward now from 21, 22, and if you're listening to this, right, your life can change in, in seven years, six years, eight years, two years, two, two right? days, two days, yeah. right? It could be boom, right? Yeah. We're in such a different world and we go from being in, you know, different businesses, right? But same mindset, living home, mm -hmm. right? Um, driving, you know, and just, you know, hanging out to now, you know, living in a beautiful place in California. Yep. You know, last year, I remember I'm, I'm in your Porsche and I'm just like, wow, you know, and, and then, you know, you're, you're here at Seven Rock Life Studios, you're staying for the night and then, you know, going back and it's just crazy how life can shift. But then as you like in life, I think you, you gave me a, um, you I told me to read something and it was like talking about how you go through your highs, but then there's a dip. Yeah. Right. And sometimes you have to go back to go forward in life. Right. Yep. And I think that's happened as we transition to your next phase of life, because now you went from New York going to California. And we'll mm -hmm. kind of talk about that because mm -hmm. you're going to get a lot of nuggets out of this, guys, if you're listening to this. But knowing when to like say, okay, I'm done with this and let me move on to my next thing. Mm -hmm. When do you know that's, that's your time to do that, you think? Listen, I think every business, venture, relationship is in your life for a reason. I think if you look at it like a vehicle, you know, on a destination, you put enough gas in the tank and you get to a certain destination, you have no gas left. It's time to get out of that car and move forward. I think I have a good eye understanding where the potential taps out at scale. Uh, I've always studied big companies. I've always envied them. I always want to be them. So if you stare and read about companies all day long, you'll understand that 
all right, this venture I'm doing now has a top, it has a glass ceiling. And I saw that and I just kept moving on to the next and next and next. And what, thankfully enough, I was chasing the money early in life, which allowed me to make decisions to move, to get to where I am today. But it's not my biggest recommendation, but when you're young and you're in your 20s, I think you should do it. Yeah. Because you need to do, you need to be multifaceted. You got to be able to go in any industry and kill it. Whether it's being a car salesman, whether it's being a bartender, whether it's selling, I don't know, your barista at a coffee shop. I've had job my whole life. So from 13 to 18 years old, I worked. I worked for Splish Splash. I worked for Nike. I worked for retail stores. I busted my ass. I was a caterer. But they all taught you skills. I was a waiter. Yeah. But if you think, yeah, retailing, it taught me how to be a hospital. You know, the biggest thing was hospitality. Hospitality is the biggest number one thing in any business that no one pays attention to. Why? It's small for eight hours make people feel welcome. (laughs) Why is just basically people think that they're better than the game and they forget to say thank you and be grateful and extend that, that, that extra something. So I think being in the hospitality business allowed me to take shit from people, but put up with it with a smile on my face. And I always took that principle of two things. One is uh, hands for hurting, not for, hands for helping, not for hurting. And the second is small for eight hours always make people feel welcome. Mm-hmm. You can break it down however you want to, but those are two things I lived until 25 years old. Um, there's a lot more into it, but I think I always had that bigger, better belief that there was something else out there for me. And I just kept chasing the dollar until I realized that the dollar is not the best yeah. thing. And I actually have a thing I was talking to you about the other day where when I moved out to California, um, I sat down with somebody because we all have mentors, right? And I mean, you can have you know in-person mentors, online mentors, however you want to look at it. And I sat down with this gentleman at the coffee shop and um, he said to me, because this is where I was like, going through another chapter of my life. And uh, he put a dollar bill and a pair of scissors on the table. And this is where I started like always valuing money. And he's like, Brian, let's talk about money for a second. So he puts a dollar bill and a pair of scissors on the table. And he's like, what do they both have in common? And this is the most common answer that we all answer. It's we say, they could both kill you. A dollar bill and a pair of scissors. Mm-hmm. And he says, all right, let's think about it a different way. If I were to put a dollar bill and these pair of scissors on the table, what would a hairdresser say about those pair of scissors? And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, well, the hairdresser would say, I can make money with those pair of scissors. Mm. I'm like, interesting, okay. And he's like, now look at the dollar. Look at it just like the pair of scissors. You can use that dollar to make money. So, but look at it as a pair of scissors and use it as a tool. So at that moment, Hmm. I backed away from money. I stopped respecting it. I'm like, this is just a tool, like playing a game. And I started spending the money and doing things like a tool. Wow. And that was, this this was only about a year and a half ago. Who was that guy? Um, I don't want to say his name. No, you don't have to say his name, but who, how'd you meet him? Oh, so he's a massive investor. Uh, he sold this company for 400 million. Um, and now he, you That's know, cute. I was actually pitching him to be an investor wow. and he said no to me because I gave the wrong answer about money and not about the why factor. So he was testing you. I oh, was definitely testing Wait, me. Okay. Talking about CEOs testing. Talk about the story of, I think Domino's. Oh, this is a good one. Listen to this. So, um, the Domino's CEO was hiring their chief operating officer. And during the interview process, because you'd always got to be learning how to vet people out for your business and, and qualifying them. So this is probably one of the better stories, but he was going to hire his chief operating officer and they were in an interview and it was like four o'clock in the afternoon. And the CEO of Domino's said, I want to come to your house right now. And the guy's like, what? He's like, yeah, I want to see, I want to come to your house. So he's like, but I have to drive with you and you can't call home. They said that you're coming home, whatever. So they both get in the car, they drive towards this guy's house. The CEO gets to the house and um, he walks into his bedroom. Well, he asks the guy, where's your bedroom? And he goes to the bedroom and says, uh, is this your closet? 
He checks his closet. Everything's organized. And the guy's like, why are you checking my closet? He's like, if I'm going to put you in charge of operations in my company, I got to make sure your home life and your closet is organized first. Wow. And at that point, I was like, damn, that shit's real. And that's, I started using that. So like you put that into your vetting process when you hire your team. That's why it's a rock in my head. It's a rocks. It's crazy. No, but yeah. it's true. It's it's how you how you do one thing is how you do everything. It's true. Right? It's true. You go into somebody's car and it's a mess. Most likely they're, um, it's a mess. Uh, me and my brother have always said that the person that their grass kind of goes, they don't take care of their lawn. Yeah. Uh, it's not all the times, but like a lot of the times, it's usually they don't take care of their life as well. Truth. And that actually happened when, you know, your mom and then they ended up, you know, splitting the grass that summer, right? The the house started kind of going down. I love you, Mother Nature. I really do. But yeah, it's true. No, I, it's I, true. Yeah, yeah. Stop so. my mother. He always makes fun of me, man. <laughs> this is why he keeps me humble. I love so, him. So um, this is uh, my mom's second divorce and stepfather at the time. You were still in New York, right? Still in New York. When this yeah. was all happening. Oh, this is a great story. So left the business, step, you know, everything was sold off, whatever stepfather gets jealous and making money now i'm 27 years old he decides to sue me wow so this this is a great I, so i have books of people suing me because when you come into money you do things right you tend to get sued so he sues me for like 8.2 million dollars <laughs> stupid number right stupid <laughs> number and uh it hurt me it took me out of the game and because i respected him now mind you like i'm i would write him checks for a lot of money to keep his personal business going and i, I want to keep my parents together that didn't help they broke apart a lot of home life stuff was being affected. This is 26 years old. So I'm 26 years old. I'm making $3 million a year. Absolutely crushing it. I'm cutting checks to home, keeping him happy. But yet he's jealous of me growing my own business. So he sues us or sues me. And then that's when the the relationship between mom and my dad starts going down because of the greed that kicks in. Wow. So here I am at 26 years old. I'm, I'm really hurt because this is my father, my family breaking apart. So unfortunately that family life caused me to fail my current business. And I was so overextended with drama and negativity in my life that I couldn't push and think straight to push the company forward. So at 26, 27 years old, I had to close the business down because I was making stupid decisions that were just like detrimental, like terrible because I was letting negativity yeah. and be, affect me at a young age. Didn't you also overexpand uh, that one? The last company we did, yeah, we overexpanded. He didn't. He wasn't quite educated in that space, but yeah. uh, I think... There's a lot of life lessons there to be had, but yeah, it it the energy drove my 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 first privately owned company into the ground, uh, but that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, until today. So, so now okay, so now that's twenty six, twenty seven, right? Mm-hmm. And you end up what happened? So walk us through how you went from because this is really cool. Like I'm enjoying this right now because I like I know the story because I was living it with you. Yeah, and you went from service mm-hmm. right. Then you got into the tech world, right? Mm-hmm. How did you went to California? Mm-hmm. Walk us through now, 26 to 27 to 28. How did you go from New York to now living 3,000 oh, miles away from your is... best friend, which was really rude, but now we have planes, <laughs> so it's fine. The best, the last two and a half years of my life was the biggest highs and the biggest lows. Uh, back to what I said earlier. So when I was, when I finished high school, when I finished high school, I had a, a professor say, write 10 things down on a piece of paper. And I'm going to mail it to you on your 28th birthday. Because he's always said, what's your favorite number? My professor. And I always said 28. That was always my number. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I don't know why. It was always 28. So I'll never forget this. So I wrote 10 things down on a piece of paper. And I'll come back to it later. Just remember, I wrote 10 things down. And I'm now 27. So 
this is the time that I was getting sued from my stepfather. Uh, I was my company was going down. We had a lot of money. We were just making bad decisions. And back to that 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 saying is always take a meeting once. So originally we were looking to move our company out to California, the the past business. So I went out to California, looked at some some real estate, and I met a real estate broker. And a real estate broker connected me to this other gentleman, and um, we ended up linking up. He came to New York. I took the meeting. Right, I'm now 26, just about 27. And we take a meeting at a coffee shop in New York and him and I just, we just click. So we talk, what's going on? He becomes a client of my business. So I, he, I sell him, he sell me, whatever. So I go over to California to sign the contract with him to, for him to be a client of mine. And I drive down to his house in Laguna Beach. You know, fancy guy, rich car, whatever. I'm 27. I'm like, damn, people out here have this much money? Like, it's, it's insane. So I'll never forget it. I stayed at his house. He extended the offer. Um, we stayed there for two nights, three nights. And then I'm heading back to the airport after we had a whole good conversation about what he's doing, his business, my business. And that day, my flight got canceled. So my flight gets canceled. The only flight in America or United States that gets canceled that day, it's beautiful days on both ends, New York and California. Wow. So it gets canceled. I call him back up. I'm like, hey, dude, my um, my flight gets ca- got canceled. Um, I need a place to stay tonight. He said, come back down. That was the night that him and I signed a deal to start a business. Hmm. And I was like, my other business was already kind of going down. We were in debt. You know, I leveraged out the company. Uh, I was paying so many lawyer bills. I couldn't make good decisions. I was emotionally distraught with what's going on. Because you had a lot coming in and a lot going out. Yeah, it's, it's, it was crazy. It was, a, it was a hard operation. Just broke up my girlfriend for three years. My my parents get divorced. I'm getting sued by wow. my stuff. So you had, you had the trifactor. It was you everything. Relationship. You had your relationship with your parents, your mom, mom and dad yep. getting breaking up. And then money. Money. Nothing was good for me at that point. Wow. You know, I w- it was... You know, we had the boats. I got rid of the boat, this, that, so on. But yeah, um, we have a funny boat story. Yeah, it was great. But it's, um, and if I'm probably skipping around a lot here because there's so many different parts of my life, but this is the best way of summing it up in an hour and 12 minutes. But um, yeah, so whatever, I, I, I end up coming back to, uh, to New York and I, I sit there for a second and I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to move to California and start this business venture with this guy. And I did that. So I ended up keeping the business open still in New York, hoping it would stay open, even though it was bleeding money, mm-hmm. hoping to go to California, make money to send money home pretty much to save the company. Well, that didn't happen. So I ended up coming back home and I moved to California in two weeks. Yep. I, so I talked that. to you, I talked to everybody, I'm gone. I'm like, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. Multi, like billionaires around the, on the, around you the table. You drove across. Drove across the country. U-Haul. Rent the U-Haul, packed my stuff up. I sold everything off. Yep. And I'm like, I'm going to start fresh. I'm like, there's so much negative drama in New York right now you know, around my life, I need to start fresh and crush it. And I saw an opportunity out there. You planted yourself into new soil. Exactly. And it was always my dream. And it's good. This is where it comes together. So I always grew up wanting to live in California. I always envisioned it. So drive cross country. I start, I, I, I get over there. We start the business. We raise. Wait, 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 before you get, what was going through your head as you're driving cross? Cause you actually broke, he's in a world Guinness record. You know, because you went across America in the fastest time ever, almost. How many hours was it? My boy Turtle, our boy Turtle. Turtle, yeah. Um, didn't want to miss his flight back to New York. <laughs> so we, I think we got across the country in two and a half days. And uh, it was the scariest moment of our lives. 42 hours. It was nuts. I was miserable. But I had my game face on. You did on. not stop. You went through like winter storms. One, yeah, crazy. <laughs> Colorado with U-Haul in the back. Like okay. it, it, this has roads are closed. And yeah, mind yeah. you, we're driving. Well, but what else? So you had you had the elements of nature yeah. affecting you. But then you also like what was going through your mind? Like, dude, I'm like you were. It's the immigrant mentality. You're leaving, you know, where you yeah. were born. 
and you're like, I'm going to do this or I'm going to die trying. Yeah. Well, that's always been my thing, though. I grew up in a small town out east, and I kept moving to the city. I always wanted new. I always wanted more. I never, I never settled for the status quo at the time. I always said, I looked around, and I'm like, this is not for me. If people, the best thing in their day is about watching a sport or football, yeah, I'm like, I'm done. I'm sorry, guys. Not to hate on sports, but like, this is a bigger and better way of, you know, looking at life. You know, it's interesting you say that, Brad, because the other night I was um, for Easter, I was doing some stuff, you know, creating some things, and then um, my parents, you know, they were in another room, like, oh, watch a movie. I got, went into the like the room and I said, guys, I, I can't watch this. It wasn't a bad movie. It's just I'm like, I, I'm sorry that I'm not relatable anymore, but I can't, I can't sit down for an hour or two hours. And just watch something that is not going to like change my life mm-hmm. or emotionally affect me. Like mm-hmm. I'll watch a movie, but it's got to like, what is it? Because here's what I realized: sports, um, alcohol, drinking it numbs it numbs us from reality, mm-hmm. and we it escapes us from reality. And it's fine if that's what you do, but I think if you want to make an impact and purpose, would you say that there's like a focus and vision? Like you don't have oh, that insanely. filler time. You insanely. Know? The the best the best advice I can give anybody right now is cancel your cable bill. Mm. get rid of cable there's no need for it yep so if you work nine to five you work nine to five from five to ten read yep. self-improvement work out yep. run start a business like your entertainment can be education yeah yeah and that's like like i, I enjoy reading i enjoy learning like new stuff and yep. and that's if you want to thrive right. if you want to survive that's fine that's right. your choice you know and don't put don't like put people down. Like I, I used to be like that where I'd be like, oh, you're, you know, you're an idiot watching movie. No, it's, Hey, that's their, that's their life, right. you know? And that's fine, you know, but this is my life. Right. And that's your life. Right. And I used to, you don't judge. Mm-hmm. Just let people go out their own, you know, let people have their own swing. That's yeah, truth. Yeah. That's truth. You know? So now you, you're going across America yeah. in record break of time and, um, you land or, you know, you, you drive and you get to there, mm-hmm. walk us through new world, California. How was that? The first few months? I could, I don't know how, what happened between when I got there and it was so fast, we grew the company to 120 employees. We raised wow. eight and a half million dollars. Company's crushing it. Um, tech business, really loving life out there. Um, so yeah, 27, you move out there. Um, fast forward, so I'm about 28 years old. And that was my life goal to really hit everything and you know accomplish a lot of goals in my life. So we started this tech company. We're really growing it. We raised a lot of money, learning a lot of lessons. I got a business partner in this deal. And uh, all of a sudden, um, I get this letter in the mail. And uh, the letter in the mail is the 10 things that I wrote down from high school. No way. Yeah. So I, he sent, it was mail forwarding. It just got to me. I open wow. it up. It has my old handwriting. I'm like, what is this? Oh my gosh. And this is when I got chills just talking about it. I wrote down 10 things that I want in life. And it was like a lot of materialistic things. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're a young 18-year-old. You're going to do that. But- it was like, I don't know, sports cars, hot girlfriend, make money, make $100,000. But the last two or three things on the list, and funny enough, I'll start backwards. Number 10 on the list was before I turned 28, it said, live in California. So I wrote Dude. this at 18. And the 10th thing on my list was the last thing I just did. The ninth thing was to buy an exotic car. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. Now I'm going to go buy an exotic car. I had, I fortunately, I had enough money to, in my savings and my ventures to go out and do these things to over, you know, not overextend myself. So I went out, bought an exotic car, and just keep knocking it off. And there's other things on there, but I accomplished all 10 things I wrote down at 18 years old at 28 wow. because I gave myself a time limit. I worked my ass off to get it. And then when I got it, I'm like, all right, what's my, what's my next 10 things? Because you have it, you achieve it, and for a hot second, you enjoy it. But then you're like, up oh, next. 
Yeah, it's the creation you enjoy. It's not just the result. Result you like, yeah. but the result gets old. Result gets old. You got to get used to that. Like the people that stay on the result and high five themselves fail the rest of their life. So true, man. Like I, wow. salespeople, great example. The car salesman analogy. So true. Oh, I sold the car last month. I'm great. Dude, you sold the car last month. Yeah, what'd you do today? What'd you do today? Yep. It's like, stop high-fiving and patting yourself on the back. Step forward. What's next? Like, in, in, Celebrate the moment because you have to celebrate small milestones unless you're going to be stressful and never be rewarded in life. Mm-hmm. But you really need to uh, just keep moving forward. Don't be a one-hit wonder. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so now with... With being able, like being in California, and then now walk us through with the new partner, the new guy that you were able to to be with. Right? So this guy was a rock star. Um, I I I gotta say thank you, thank thankful, I'm thankful for him. But um, he opened my eyes to the next level. Yeah. This is when you go from like knowing real entrepreneurs to the next level. He introduced me to a lot of multi 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 billionaires, some of the biggest guys, influential guys in the industry. You know, CEO of Taco Bell. Uh, owner of the biggest bond trading companies in the world, uh, the owner of Guest Jeans. Really? Yeah. He 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 opened my eyes to how to live at a different level. Yeah. Like I was living wrong out in New York. Now at 28 years old, I'm living and sitting around a table of billionaires. So now I had to level up because my 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 group was now different. You know, I'm 29, I'm 28 years old, hanging out with 45 year old guys who are pulling up in Ferraris, Bentleys, and they're talking about selling businesses for 400 million dollars. <laughs> So he taught me how to like get around the table and level up. He introduced me to that. Sorry, not taught. He introduced me to that. But my level of confidence was I was already them. I didn't have the money in the bank, but my mindset was, hey, there's no difference. Yeah. I am you. I'm just 28 and you're 50. So, so when true. I sat at the table, I didn't, res- I didn't envy them for their money. I envied them because they got there and they went through the journey. And that was that, that's how I was able to handle that whole, that whole Newport Beach, Orange County lifestyle. But um, yeah, so we, so... This guy that I partnered with ended up. Um, uh, we had a big break falling out. Obviously, I don't play with other, play well with others. I mean, you can only have one number one person in a company, and uh, some things happened, um, and the company ended up going under. Well, I left a, a long time ago, and the company ended up failing from just bad business decisions. He was a little bit older than me. He was yeah. CEO, at the, you know, as my partner. Because you had the right vision. The vision was, but, when, oh, but vision it was, was it was actually a similar story to is that young mentality versus old mentality and not yeah. willing to cultivate. Correct. And if the young mentality would have been, you know, uh, used, it would have been great. Yeah. I think the best advice for any entrepreneur is to vet your partners out a lot. Yeah. And I, I don't ever, I've never seen a good relationship work out where it's such a big, big age gap. Nothing wrong with being older or younger, but if your visions are not aligned to the same target, yeah. it's not going to work out. Relationships or in business, his target was money. My target was something bigger than that. Yep. And he was going after the money, which caused us to spend more money because he wanted to make more money. Yeah. And my goal was to make a company that's going to make a difference and that's going to result, pay the bills. Yeah. So the, the target was wrong because he wants to retire and I wanted to build a billion dollar business. You know, it's a, it's a lot different, a different, different world. This is kind of a, like an analogy with it. I don't know if it'll relate, but I'll just say it. Um, well, growing up, I would see like we had a lot of dogs. And when I saw the old dogs that were like 15 years old, 17, and then get around like a six month or a year, they couldn't keep up with each other. They just were like, the old dog was like, dude, enough. Like, stop biting me. Stop playing around with me. You know, I see that even my niece, it's like, <laughs> we were so tired the other day because she's just jumping up and down. I want to put an energy pack on her because if we could like, we can, we can basically power Tesla with just my niece if we put a battery pack because they have so much energy and then yeah. me and my, my brother like the uncles are like we're tired yeah. you know so I think that that gap of yeah. energy that gap of mindset 
that gap of belief, well, I'm older and I know more. Yes, I respect that. But also we have this creative mindset more than ever because as I mentor kids that are like 20, 21 years old, 19 years old, I'm like, dude, they're like, they're so much more ahead of the game yeah. than we were. Yeah. And I think it's because we have content available to us so quick. Yeah. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. And would you say that your crushing moments made you um, appreciate your new kind of world? Yeah, I think as you would put it, rock bottom moments. Um, I've had, we didn't really touch on those moments, the dark, t- dark ones, but I've had so many of them that you really learn how to think and be a person when you're at rock bottom. Yeah. Like what's your character? When you have no money and you're broke and you can't afford to pay bills, what's your character like? If it's the same every day, then it's not affecting you. So it, it's really tough to say because you have to really relate to it. Mm-hmm. But when I give advice to young entrepreneurs or younger entrepreneurs, I always say fail as fast as you can and, and, and experience failure. And just keep doing that as much as you possibly can and overextend yourself because you'll never have these years back again in your life. And you will never learn from success. I hate to say it. You can succeed all you want, but you'll never learn from success. You're yeah. only ever going to learn. You can relate. No, it's You're true. You're only ever going to learn from failure. Yeah. And sometimes your best learning moments of life or education will be in your alone time mm-hmm. when you're doing self-audits. Correct. And you're just kind of taking a look in the mirror and saying, hey, what do I got to do to change, become better? And listening to your inner voice, because your inner voice is powerful. Mm-hmm. I recently discovered that. I'm like, whoa, it's, we, you know, God gave us, you know, whatever you believe in God, universe gave us an inner voice that only we can listen to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge. So now you go through stuff with him, right? You hit, basically it's the same thing just on the West Coast. So you go through the East Coast, same stuff. West Coast, same stuff. Mm-hmm. Similar stories, right? Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is a commonality. Was their upbringing, because I talk about that of like your father power and your upbringing, they had tr- uh, troubled upbringings as well, both fa- uh, both guys, would um, you say? or like, What do you mean, by fathers or? Uh, well, no, your, yeah, your stepdad and then the new partner that, you know, kind of screwed you and stuff. Tough to say. I just think I don't play well with others. It's simple yeah. as that. It's, it's the vision... I, my vision's too clear to me, and it, you can't, difference in mentality. It's just different mentality. Yeah, different coaching methods. Different coach. Different everything. It's different times. Yeah, yeah. We our generation is smarter, not harder. Yeah. Like nobody understands that we can build a business from a laptop. Yeah. Their mentality is go shake hands and get shit done. Now you still have to do that, but that's not ultimate freedom and scale. Yeah. So it's just a disconnect. So I mean, all young entrepreneurs or any entrepreneurs try to just vet your partners out a bit and make sure your visions are aligned and. Make sure they're not operating on expired software. Exactly. You know, exactly. That's good. Now, so now, now we basically go. So, how do you go from service to the tech world, yep. then into the clothing world? How did that happen? Accidentally. Um, this is so cool. This is actually like, this this is is really cool. Fun. I love this. Yeah. So, why would my life be any easier than this time? So, I launched the, so what we backtrack uh, when I had the agency before I moved to California. We were an experiential agency and we, we put together campaigns, but. We went and pitched a client on uh, this college company that they used to make clothing for colleges and they wanted a way to put their brand in colleges and scale it. So we came up with the concept of a college subscription box where every month college students would get new college gear sent to them. So we went in, me and my team, we pitched them on this concept. It was like $50,000 to build. They said no. I love the idea so much because I like reoccurring revenue at the time. This is three years ago, four years ago. We pitch them, they say no, New York guys, whatever. And I, I come back to them two weeks later. I'm like, guys, I'm going to build this and you're going to fund this with your with your clothing. 
So started going up, coming with a name, drafted lawyers, contracts, you name it. Um, I end up going to California during this time. I come back just to sign the contract with them. And mm-hmm. they looked me in the eye and says, Brian, we looked it over. We're not, we're gonna, we're not gonna do it with you. I've spent three grand on a lawyer, six grand on a name, 10 oh grand on gosh. 20, 30 grand out the door on building this, on building this brand. And the company called, was called FabCrate, which mm-hmm. stood for a fabulous multi-creative activewear. Wow. So the original business was to launch a subscription box. And every month, uh, it was women-based, would get new activewear delivered monthly. And we would go out, beg, for, you know, borrow and buy other product from other brands, like a retail store would be, but in a box. Mm-hmm. Put it in the box, three pieces for 65 bucks, ship it out, and they get a new set of clothing every month. So I went to them, now I have no manufacturer. I have nothing. So now I have this business built up, I invested in tech, you name it. I go back to California with my tail between my legs. I'm, I'm like, what the heck? I just wasted more money on this venture. So I curbed it for a few months, focused on the California venture that I had going on there. And I revisited it when I said, you know what? I saw things kind of going down in that, that my past venture with my, my business partner in California. I'm like, let me start hedging. And I don't believe in this, but let me start hedging and starting another business because I have that weird feeling. So I started the business up. I started shaking hands, doing, going up to LA and meeting other manufacturers. And we launched the business Fabcrate. So we launched this business April last year, exactly a year ago, and from today. Wow. And we launched. No way. Is, actually, yeah, a year ago from today we launched, which is pretty wild. Wow, I that's actually that's actually weird. Yeah, yeah, just thinking about it. So we launched. We grow really quick. We, I, I mean, I don't. I don't yeah, you do well. Numbers. We you crush it. Crushed it. Good website, whatever. Three months, four months go by, and then around November, October, a big competitor comes along and sues us for trademark infringement. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't know our name was similar to anybody else. Like our name was made up fabulous multi crate. And you don't mean it, but sometimes they're just, it's so close, you know, different things. You don't realize it. Exactly. So ego involved, young guy. I'm like, no, whatever. And I start going back and forth with them and they end up sending a cease and desist letter. Short story, less long. This is around November, December, black Friday, Christmas. We can't sell anything. We end up agreeing to change the name and settling, but without going to any, any court, whatever. This was the blessing in the sky. Because the business I was running is just contributing to this horrible fast fashion world of like wasteful clothing. Like how much clothing do you actually need every month? Yeah. Um, so November, December, we could not sell anything. So I had no job. I had no career. I had no, I had no business. I had to change a name for two months. Mm. You know, I've already left, left, left my last partnership. And now I'm sitting in California. And California's expensive. I got expensive cars. I got expensive this, whatever. So you, you think smart. So November, December, I'm like, what do I have to do? First thing, sell the assets off. Get rid of the Porsche, get rid of all the expensive things because you don't need those. Yeah. Sold everything, put it back into the business. January, we come up with a new name. We call it Finch. F-I-N-C-H, like the bird. Now, what's pretty poetic about the Finch name is when I rebranded the company, it was supposed to be the same exact business model as subscription-based. But then I started saying, well, I want this company to be the next 10-year company. I want I want my kids to be born into this company. And this is what your dad does, right? basically. So I had to say, well, this subscription box business is going to bubble, right? In terms of like clothing wise. Yeah. And how can we do it better? Like what's out there to say, when I wake up in the morning, we can do it better. You for forecasting the future. Exactly. So you got, you, you have quiet time. You start looking at the world and mind you, I was in California, which is the perfect place to be to get inspiration. So whatever goes by, time goes by, January goes by, February goes by. We're not doing anything with the business. We're not making any sales. We launched a new name. We couldn't find our brand identity. And then around March, um, or actually end of February, we found, I found out a way to make clothing from recycled plastic and water bottles. That's so cool. And 
yeah, I mean, it was just a, it's a wild run up until this point. But uh, in February, we decided to launch this new business model. And uh, we make active web from recycled water bottles. Yeah. And yeah. as you're as we're doing this right now, it was so cool seeing you, you know, and, and your your business partner yep. um, being able to see you press the launch button. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, uh, you know, and then what what platforms are you using? Yeah. So basically we uh, we launched today Earth Day. So um, cool. We launched a whole pre order campaign on Kickstarter. It's it was very new to us. It's very it's a good Kickstarter platform and good way to raise money. But um. We launched today on Earth Day, and um, yeah, I mean, we're just hoping for the best possible success from it. You know, fingers crossed, stay humble, but yeah. Yeah, no, just everything, the the people that are part of it, you know, like, and I, I told you every time I get goosebumps, it, it always works. Yeah. So I got goosebumps last night, I'm getting goosebumps right now, <laughs> so, and, but I, what I love is that, could you walk us through just the, um, the value and answers that you're trying to help with society, mm-hmm. because, you know, you're using recycled water bottles, you're, it's the best act of where you know, on earth that your brand's about and, you know, walk us through just what your main vision is for this and to make aware of the world. Well, it starts with the team. One mistake I made early in life is doing it all by myself. Yep. So this whole company I've bootstrapped from day one by myself. So I was lucky enough to find people in California that believe in the same mission as me, which is to, um, you know, really subscribe to that sustainability method, you know, help, help the ecosystem, protect the oceans, make our world a safer, cleaner, better ethical place. So I was able to find my current business partner, who's my chief creative officer, brought her on board and um, some other very talented people to help push this forward, uh, who have the same vision as myself. But our ultimate vision is to make a very um, efficient, sustainable company when it comes to clothing. Now, traditionally, most clothing is made from uh, synthetic fibers, and that's which is terrible for our oceans, our drinking water, you name it. Um, it's called fast fashion. And for some reason, we never actually tried to look into any renewable source to make clothing. So myself, my team sat down and said, well, what can we make into clothing? And this has been around for a while in like ski gear and swim shoot and swim shorts, stuff like that. We found that a way of making clothing from recycled plastic. And in doing so, um, it, it helps keep more water bottles out of the ocean. Uh, it makes it a safer and uh, healthier place. Yeah, because I think... I think sometimes we use nature like a credit card with no limit. <laughs> and that's the challenge sometimes is we don't value what this world has. And because we are leaving it for somebody else, our kids, our family, strangers, right? And um, so I think it's so cool when you can reuse whatever you have. And you can't do that with everything to an extent, but it's so precious, our world. And and have you, because being in California, you said a lot of your creativity creativity has come from nature. Mm-hmm. And I tell I talk about that where the learning how to log out of that life, but just logging out of the world so you log into your world. I mean, great examples are our company name, Finch, Bird. When we were coming up with names, I was at a coffee shop, you know, and a bird just lands on, on in front of me, a Finch wow. bird. And I was like, that's it. That's the name of the that company. That was the name. It was just, it's wild. Yeah. I and then it. in the video that you have yeah. that's up now, the, the marketing pro- promo and in the, in the advertising is like, there's a bird in the background of Finch. Yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah. was not, they did not screen it or anything or set it up. No, it's, it, there's, there's a lot of things that have been lining up to be such a perfect launch. Yeah. Um, a lot of my past is now coming in from the marketing, the hospitality, the, the technology, everything is kind of coming into one. Yeah. So everybody's like, oh, it looks amazing. But this is 10 years of practice. This is 10 years of mistakes. This is hundreds of thousands of hours in investments and, and failures that led up to today's date. And I'm still learning. 
every single day. Every day is a school day. Like who would have thought I'd be making clothing from recycled every day garbage? Is a school day. Right now, picture that engineering process. What do you do for a living? I bid on garbage and I take it, melt it down, and turn it into leggings. Now, wow. it's a good feeling when you wake up in the morning. And the biggest message I could put to any entrepreneur is don't do anything or get into any venture unless you have a purpose or yep. a why you or you're it. changing something like Apple or Google or any of those companies. There's got to be a way of, it's like you're a seven rock life. There's got to be a way, you got to have the why factor. If you don't have a why factor, why would people buy your product? Yeah. You know, Nike was, Nike I love the most. They've always cultivated winners. You wear their clothing because you, when you put it on, you feel like a winner. And that's, that's their why. We make clothing for winners and we inspire them to be the best, right? Yeah. Our whole tagline is the best don't do less, they do more. We mm. do more when it comes to protecting our, our earth. We do more when it comes to work ethic. Like we don't have, we don't believe in 100%. It's 110%. That extra rep, that extra everything. Always do more. Love it. From, from, from an intern in our company all the way up to our C-level, the, the founders. Just do more and never set, settle for status quo. Yeah, and you, and I know you love my analogies and everything, but for what you just said, those crushing moments turned you into fertile soil. Yeah. And when you think about a rock, a rock that's crushed up over years, whether it's nature, whether it's you know glaciers, whether it's the ocean, turns into soil, turns into sand, right? And then that's, that soil turns into what? Fertile environment that allows you to grow. And that's kind of like, when I look at your life, Bri, it's like the, all those, and it could be anybody that's listening to this, but a lot of times we look at the crushing moments of the, the rocks of life where it's actually good crushing because it made you stronger, made you more fertile, made you appreciate things, and then got you to where you're at. Oh, yeah. And I'm so excited for your brand and so excited for your team because like I hear them and just how they're saying the vision and I feel the energy. You know when you get around somebody, the energy, you're either going to be a draft in life where you draft and take t suck out the hot air you know, and it goes out or you're going to be an energy maker where you're basically putting energy into it. And that's what I feel about your brand, what you're doing, you know, and I know it links up to what we're all about, you know, the seven rock life. And, you know, when I look at your brand, uh, you know, the, the seven rock life brand, just great brands out there. It's the VCF thing. It's you victorious in your life. You want people to be victorious in all aspects. Um, you know, you're contributing, you're giving back, right? And I know in, in the future, there's some things that, you know, uh, the brands are going to do collaboration wise and just do a lot of great things, giving back to the world, which is, we're really excited about that. And then having fun, you know, like when I watch your video, like it's like, I love the girls in it and just what they're doing. You're having a good time. Yep. And would you agree that, that, that kind of VCF mentality, victorious, contributing and fun is how your, your kind of life's, oh, you want your life to I be? I think everybody. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and yeah. this is good stuff. Um, you know, one more thing and we'll, we'll wrap up people listen to this, right? And your story is just so inspiring and I know you're continuing to do great things and you just, you really, uh, you motivate me, man. Seriously, you've inspired me so much and, and, and the businesses I've been able to develop and, uh, you're just a good dude and always been there and, you know, find, find people in your life. If you're listening to this guys that are just there, um, for you and you're there for them. And it's just, it's that organic relationship um, and, and learn how to forgive. I think that's such a big, big thing is relationships are so precious, you know, cause we've gone through our times cause we're both tough, you know, tough minded guys and you can butt heads at times, but then just that power of love, it's the most powerful language in the world. Hey man, I'm sorry. I love you. Let's move forward. Right. This is old story. Let's who cares? We'll talk about it. I'm sorry I did this. Let me work on this here, but let's move forward because it's those times that you don't talk for them for months or years because of a stupidest thing. 
right? And we've gone through that being transparent, but our relationship has never been better, you know, and even the relationship with our family and friends and different people, uh, which, which is great. How can somebody be the conductor of their life? You know, what being the conductor of your life, people listen to this. How, how do you do that? Easily stop listening to the noise. I think to control your life, you need to not, you need to separate yourself from the noise. And a lot of people are making decisions in their life right now because whether it's your family, whether it's uh, your friends, whether it's whatever, but you usually do what your group does. And a great example, my mom, I love her. It's all she knows, but her advice to me is always get a job. And that's all she says to me. Now, mind you, at 24 years old, I was making triple her salary at 24. And that to me hurt. Because like go get a job that's failure, right? That's just that's that's prison to me. So for you, for for mm-hmm. well, for I would have to say for most, yeah. right? I think no why, one's why though. No one's happy with their job because all right, if your body's hungry, what do you do? You eat, right? It's a, it's telling you something. When your body's tired, what do you do? You sleep. Well, your body wants growth as well. Hmm. So if you're stagnant and depressed, well, you know what you need? You need growth in your life. Yeah. Nobody realizes progress. That. Progress. My biggest, my biggest, biggest fear is staying in the same place too yeah. long. It is a depressing feeling, and that's a job. Mm. You you sign up for fifty thousand dollars a year, right? And if you make fifty one thousand next year, I'm sorry, that's not progress. Like to me, you can't live that. So if you're in a job and you're growing, and you're from you're, you're starting as a sales rep, then you're then you're a vice president and your chief operating officer. Congratulations, you're growing, and your body will be sustained, and you will be comfortable because your body naturally needs that. It's, wow, it's like when your body craves when you're lonely. Yep. What do you want to do? Go out and meet people. Yep. So the philosophy of controlling your life is. Two things. One part is don't have a plan B because if you have a plan B, A always fails. Yep. And I think it's Arnold Schwarzenegger says that best. <laughs> you know, it, that's really touched me. It, it's the truth. If you have a safety net, what's, what's, what, why are you going to push forward? Like yep. I, I got kicked out of my house at 19. There was no going backwards. Nope. I had to hustle my ass off to pay rent, beg, borrow, steal, whatever I need to do. I made it. And I've, since 19, I've never asked anybody family wise for anything. And then you meet my, some of our friends that moved back home because they had a plan B. Nothing wrong with that, but that's not going to push you forward. That hurts you. It hurts you. 100%. If you want to control your life, stop planning. There's no plan B. There's A and that's it. You yep. die with it. If it's your job, your plan A is to become the vice president, the chief operating officer. If it's your company, you've you got to make yourself financially free. You know, If, if you want to just, just live, then stop listening to people around you and stop trying to impress people. Yep. You know, Because I mean, even social media. How many times do you see people on social media? We know a lot of it's people. A, it's a competition. You, that you, oh my God, look at this. They have a nice car. Let me tell you guys, I posted the pictures of the Porsche. I posted the pictures of Lamborghinis. You don't see the depression behind that. Yeah. You know, having to pay for that and uh, the, the, the lonely nights and the sleepless, you know, whatever. It's, um, it, it's tricky. But to control your life, don't have a plan B. Um, you know, don't listen to the noise around you uh, and always crave your growth. Yeah, no, those are great points, yeah. and you have to just, you have to just love the creative spirit and and not fall in love with the things. Because I've been in there in my life where you fall in love with the things, and really successful entrepreneurs they don't show the things. Like yeah, like it's nice, you know, to to say hey, you can have this, but don't love those things, like them. Mm-hmm. Don't love a yacht, don't love a car, don't you know, like you can you can like those things, but love impact more. I think that's what where we've been at in our life is like, what, what do you impact? Mm-hmm. I know that the, the biggest quote, one of the biggest quotes or something that somebody said to me 
uh, was actually, uh, it was a, it was a kid that heard this from somebody else. He said, there's two days that you pass the day that you uh, die in flesh and the day that your name is never setting on earth because you never made an impact for mankind and society. And when you think about that, it's so powerful because it's like, man, what did, what did Brian Lewis, what did you leave for the family? You know, and, and when people say, oh my, I don't like my last name. Great. Re, you don't have to change your last name, but why don't you change your story in the narrative in the movie mm-hmm. of that last name? Mm-hmm. Many people are playing a movie that's an old movie in their life and they need to start rewriting a script. And that's why I'm so proud of you because you rewrote a script um, and you're not living in these old movies of these things. Well, that's like a book, right? How many chapters are in a book? I never read a book. Is it, oh, I heard you wrote a book once upon a time. I never read one. I wrote one. <laughs> Big difference. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually in the book. What oh, was there the, you go. What was the thing you said to me? Oh, man. I said a lot of, a lot of good nuggets in there. I don't know. A no. couple of good nuggets. Say, say yeah. <laughs> a couple right. of good nuggets. No, you, yeah, no you, you said you helped me a lot with a lot of different things. There's a lot of good stuff. but um, I appreciate it, man. And, and I know the world, uh, you know, Summer Rock Life world and nation um, and, and people that, you know, share this, they're going to be impacted a lot, you know, without a doubt. And uh, you just have such a genuine heart. And guys... You know, check them out. Um, you're on uh, Instagram? Yes, yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Brian Lewis. Um, company is, so two W's, right? Uh, nope, just Lewis. Just Brian Lewis. Up. Yeah, okay. Brian Lewis. Um, our website's fin- wherefinch.com, at wherefinch, W-E-A-R, Finch. Yeah, we'll include it in the, in the bio, too. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, check us out. Um, message yeah. me. I'm always available. I um, love to share the story, talk to you, see what you're doing. Um, like I said, I always take a meeting once, whether it's a call or for a cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love everything you guys are doing. You guys are already huge and going to be even bigger and you're just making your true impact in the world without a doubt. And you got amazing people that are, you know, by your side. And what you said so before is you, you, you need people with you. Yep. You can't build things on your own. You know, you need your plumber, you need your architect, you need your foundation maker, you need your, you know, uh, lawn person, you know, so you need all those things and, and that's key. And, um, real one more thing. Um, and then we're going to get to the last question next 10 years where you see yourself, what's happening for, uh, for Finch and for, for Mr. Brian Lewis next 10 years, 10 years. Um, you can be uh, 39, uh, right? 39. I mean, honestly, it's the next six months. Actually, it's next month. Uh, I don't look that far out. I never do. It depresses me. It, I don't, I, and I, I asked that question for a reason. Okay. Okay. It's because okay. I know what you're going to say. Okay, good. That's so, so funny. <laughs> I don't ever, li- I don't ever live that far out. Yeah. I think I write my goals down that far out like private planes, yachts, whatever, materialistic things. Because listen, you need those because what's the point of working? The dollar you make, you need those to keep growing forward. You know, yeah. so it's, it's part of your life resume. Yeah, exactly. Like Jesse so, Hitzler talks about. Exactly. So I think it's not 10 years. I don't live that far out. I think family, yeah. Uh, retired speaking. Um, if you want to think like top level stuff. Yeah. Can I retire? Never. But I always say that your money is worth 10 times more when you're free. So I don't, and guys, listen, I don't care about making $300,000 a year or making $40,000 a year. As long as my bills are covered and I'm growing a business, I'm happy as a pig and shit. Like that's it. <laughs> but uh, I don't plan that far out. I'm planning the next two months. Yeah. I'm turning 30 in June and my goal, ultimate goal is to make an impact in my twenties. And that's my current goal. Yeah. And, and then make the people around me extremely successful. And you answered that question so perfect. And I knew I knew you were going to ask answer that question that way because we've talked about this. Is that sometimes we plan so far ahead in life, it, be, it scares us where we don't do anything presently. Yep. You yep. know, and that's something important. Don't yep. try to look at your GPS so far ahead when you still have to make a right and you know 0.5 miles. You know, yep. so it's that's right on point. So guys, check them out. Um, we're going to ask the last question. This is the Summer Rock Life 
um, podcast nation question. And are you ready for this? Shoot. Are you ready, Brian? Are you ready? <laughs> All right, here we go. So if you had a billboard for the whole world to see, what would your message be, Mr. Brian Lewis, to the world? Hmm. Go with your gut, make mistakes fast, and play the long game. Why? Your gut is never wrong. It's your intuition. Uh, make mistakes fast so that you get them out of your system and you learn how to actually uh, overcome them. And playing the long game means you're building something forever. And when you build something forever, you make wiser, more accurate decisions because you need to build it to last. You're building a skyscraper. Um, if you ha- if I had to put a subject and a title to that one, it'd be it'd be fuck Plan B. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Give me a high five, bro. Ugh. I love this guy. Guys, check him out. Um, you know, check out SemrockLife.com uh, and all the different things we're doing, collaborating in the future, and just um, just excited for you guys. So make sure that you're have gratitude every day. Take this content, go apply it. That's the goal of this podcast is to help you live a better life, be victorious, contribute, and have fun along the journey every day as you're listening in this car, you're on your own, and make sure every day that you live to inspire. You deserve the best. God bless you guys all. Enjoy the rest of your day.